Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. So, uh, man, it's been a great service. I feel like we have been fully fed. Uh, and so this is the uh, dessert, I guess. Um, but uh, let's turn our Bibles to Philippians. And uh, we are ending the series officially today. Uh, I'd like to... Um, what I want to do today is just review Philippians and review all the life lessons that has come from Philippians. And that's kind of what I want to do today. And I wanted to kind of say, I want to encourage us to really stay on Philippians yeah. this whole year because our, our theme is rejoice. Amen? Amen? And I think if you learn the secrets of joy from this book, you will be able to obey the scripture in 1 Thessalonians that says, be joyful always. Pray continually, right? Give thanks in all circumstances. I believe that is a command from God. And I believe mature Christians should desire to be joyful always. And that, of course, doesn't mean we have smiles on our face. Doesn't mean we don't cry sometimes and we don't hurt sometimes. It means that we have joy everlasting. Amen? A joy that's deep within us that cannot be stolen by Satan, by the world, or by anything else. Amen? And so that's our goal as a church. And so for me, I mean, I don't know about you, but a joyful, rejoicing church is a church that, that, that I aspire to be a part of. And I believe there's a lot of joy in the house, but I believe there's still ways that Satan tries to get in our lives yeah. to steal that joy. And what does God want most in our life? He, he wants our faith, amen? He wants our, our hearts, right? But, if, but, but I think one of the more sentimental things he wants, and we want this for our children, is we want our children to be joyful. We want them to be happy. We want them to be content. We want them to be joyful. And that is something that God has set us up fully to be able to do. Amen? Amen. So let's hand out the uh, handouts now, ushers, uh, if you could. They're planning it. It's always hard to plan this out. What I've learned is just hand them out. That'll work out. Um, I appreciate Devin uh, sharing his testimony. How cool is it that he Googled the church? That's pretty cool, huh? And I appreciate Lyanne and, and Josh and, and the website that we have because I believe people have come because uh, of seeing that. But that's just inspiring that there's people out there searching for God. That even though they say Maine is the second church, you know, least church state in the country, they always say that. I'm like, ooh. I'm like, what if you lived in a Muslim country, okay? We're doing pretty good, amen? We're doing pretty good compared to that. And we should rejoice. There's many, many people that are searching for God. Amen? Amen. Um, Amen. Uh, it's just encouraging that he's a baby Christian. He's, he's, as you guys know, he's serving great ways with the Thrive Conference. He has put together the whole communication, directing the whole thing with uh, the website and with everything uh, just at his own time. So he's serving all New England right now and New York and New Jersey with his time and talents as a marketing person. That's what he does for work. And so I, we, we gotta thank him for that. He's been working very hard. He makes me look good, amen, as I try to do this role. Um, and then just great communion, Fred, really, really good. Um, I think it should be a mandatory thing that every time Fred comes up, he speaks. <laughs> Can we get an amen on that one? Let's just say, 
We're not going to command that, but we're going to request that as, as, as youngins in the faith. We would love if you could bring a message of encouragement to us. Preach. I'll always give you the pulpit, bro. You're, you're, uh, we, we need to hear your voice, uh, that maturity and that, that faith. We'd love to hear it. Um, but this is going to be hopefully just something that, that a resource you can have. But I do want to just share briefly just the first step to, to joy. And uh, just this little paragraph. I know I tried to edit it. Lion's already seeing like 45 uh, errors in it. <laughs> But she tries to just see through that a lot. She's so spiritual in that way. But um, I should have gave this to her. But, but I, I, I wanted to just have this for myself. And I think one of the things that can happen in our, in our, as we do series is we can just brush by these series and it doesn't stick with us. And God was telling me, don't let that happen. Don't let it happen with this book. Make sure that you do everything you can to really make sure it gets into your heart. Make sure that that Philippian message, that, that message of, of joy uh, everlasting gets into our heart and into our souls and into our fellowship and into our daily practices. Amen. And so um, I just wrote down these things as things that really hit me as I read through the book of Philippians. And I hope that you can go through this um, and, and study it yourself. One of the things that I, I'd like to try to pray about to do is, is, is um, memorize this book. Uh, it's, you know, 84 verses. It's not a lot of verses. Um, you know, I, I've, I've, I've memorized more. And I think just little by little going through it so that it can permeate. And maybe a whole book in the Bible, something that that's a little too much. But maybe one chapter in Philippians. Maybe Philippians 4 would be a great passage for you to memorize. Just to get it in your heart. Because memorizing scripture, uh, there's no substitute for that. Um, if you really want the scriptures on your heart... You have to find one, one way to do that is memorization, amen, and meditation. Um, some of the things that we already talked about, just to, to talk through real quick, is just that uh, rejoice and joy, uh, and joy is spoken 12 times. And the thing that was even more impactful is that Jesus Christ is mentioned 40 times. And, uh, and only 84 verses, Jesus is mentioned and so that would be me, like every, sent, every other sentence, I mentioned Jesus Christ. And that's pretty amazing that it's just flowing out of Paul. The, the name Jesus was flowing out of Paul. And, and no wonder he was so joyful. Because he had Jesus on his heart all the time. He was able to really speak about that. And I, I know that some of us, we don't like to be religious, you know, and, and, and just the name Jesus is kind of like religious. You know, you, you want to say God because it, it's not as religious, but... What about saying, my Lord, Jesus, and talking about Jesus as we speak about, you know, Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary, right? Yeah. Bro, Jesus has, has this. Yeah. Give your worries to Jesus. You know, that, is that how we talk in our fellowship? And uh, for us all to really mention the name of Jesus more and to think about Jesus more. You know, when we have a problem, I don't think about Jesus the first time I think about a problem or anxiety. It's not my natural tendency to go, what about Jesus, the creator of heaven and earth? He's got all authority, right? It's not my first inclination to think that way, and I want it to be, amen? amen. And the, the last sentence that in, the, in the little intro paragraph that I said that really helped me, that joy is not about what you don't have. You know, life is not about what you don't have, Amen. amen. But really, spiritual life is about what you do have in Jesus. 
And that's what can give us unending joy. That is what can give us something that can never be stolen away. Right. And that's our salvation. That's our relationship with Christ. Amen? Amen. And so the first step, and I, just, I, I was just moved this week by the people that were brought to the Lord. It was powerful. I mean, being able to see Trenton just get urgent and go after this. And, and I remember the study we had with Trenton. He was sort of, he, he's, he's going to be a police officer very soon. He's going to the police academy and in August. We'll have a fellow disciple in the police academy, uh, which is really cool. And, and, and they're really excited about having him part of the force. And that's really exciting. And also, uh, we talked and, and I said, what are we doing here? Studying the Bible. And he was like, well, I think we're uh, trying to learn more about God. I said, yes, we're trying to do that. I'm trying to give you eternal life, man, through Jesus. Yeah. And he was like, it, a, a light bulb just boop in his head. And he was like, well, I want that. <laughs> I'm like, well, 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 go get it. You know, and it was so encouraging to see him really go get it. He wanted eternal life. He went after it. And it was just a nice, encouraging baptism to see him. And uh, look at Coma. He's so fired up. <laughs> He's so fired up. And he was someone that they studied in the Bible with uh, uh, months before. And he called up Brandon. He wasn't ready when he, when, at first. And he called Brandon up and said, I want to seek God again. And so never give up on the people that you've studied with. It, they come back. Amen. They do come back. People come back. Um, and this, this one uh, was tremendously encouraging for me. Uh, Katie, a beautiful, beautiful woman, inside and out. She is uh, an incredible woman. And uh, just to see how Holly's really, uh, you know, came in here and said, we got to study with my, my friend, Katie. And, and she, um, Holly came to the first service with Seth. And uh, that was the first service we've ever had in the church. And, and ever since, she just kind of comes in and comes out. She's been to Jerusalem. She's lived in Jerusalem twice, guys. <laughs> Since the church has been planted. So she keeps coming back and forth from Jerusalem. And uh, she is a woman who believes in Jesus. Definitely in a deep way. But she, uh, she introduced us to Katie. And Katie had it on her heart to be baptized. And uh, she mentioned just her life. And she shared her life. And, and it was incredible to be in her home. And to see her humility. And to see how God just grabbed her like this. And how she was urgent. And how... Even though she was in pain, she still needed to be baptized. She still wanted to be urgent and be baptized. And I saw the urgency in her eyes. And uh, to study the Bible with her was a privilege and an amazing honor. And hopefully she'll be coming to service soon. But we definitely, as a church, I want to encourage us all. to. This is a time where we can serve her uh, before she meets the Lord. Uh, she is terminal. And so uh, it's incredible to see someone who um, found Jesus, you know, at the right time, you know. And so to see these two baptisms was interesting because you got, you got Trevor, who if we played basketball now, he'd bust me up, you know what I mean? And, and he's a young lad, you know. And, um, and then to see, you know, Katie kind of in the end here, it, it just definitely gives you that, that understanding that salvation is for everyone. Amen. And so I want to encourage you to, you know, if you're studying the Bible, to, to get urgent about, Receiving salvation. To not wait, amen? To not wait. And even as us, to be gospel sharers, you know, uh, to make it a goal of ours. I want to share the gospel every week with someone. 
I want to share what God's done in my life every week with someone. Obviously, it'd be awesome if it was every day. But I mean, sharing the message of the gospel is different from just inviting someone to church. And really going after sharing the gospel. And what's the gospel? Um, I had to do this. What are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, have your sins washed away, calling on the name of the Lord. Acts 22, 16. You got Charlie in the Charlie factory. Tell me again how wash away thy sins in Acts 22, 16 doesn't, oop, doesn't mean wash away thy sins. Okay, you know, just, I had to put that in. But I, I thought, you know, that, that baptism is that culmination of salvation. And it's, it's the easiest part of salvation, but it's the culmination of it all. Amen? And um, these are the steps of salvation. And I think for us to know these steps as we're studying the Bible with people. You know, it's awesome. We were able to go over Katie's house, and we just studied this out with her. We didn't have a lot of time to go through. We didn't study all the study series. We didn't do, like, the kingdom study. Amen? Yeah. Amen? You know, not, it, it's okay to not do all the studies sometimes. Amen? Yeah. So we just got into it. You know, we just went through these steps. Hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. Yeah. And this is something that you can open your Bible and share with people. And it isn't that complicated, amen? It's not that complicated. If you look in the Bible, the, the person uh, that was baptized the longest was a Christian killer, you know, three days. And, and, and certainly I know short time along, it is awesome. But I, I, I felt it on my heart to share this, is that part of us feeling joy in the church is us understanding, number one, that we have salvation. Amen. That we have the seal of the Holy Ghost. And part of the way that I remind myself of my salvation is teaching other people that salvation. Yeah. There's nothing better than teaching someone else. And, and something in your heart goes, I did this too. It's awesome. You know, I'm, I'm right with the Lord. I have the forgiveness of sins. And even as we were studying the Bible with Katie and we shared about what the Holy Spirit is, it's the seal, the guaranteed deposit of our inheritance. Amen. Incredible that you're guaranteed to go to heaven if you have the Holy Spirit in you. Isn't that awesome? Amen. And so I wanted to share that because that's where I think our joy is, is really kindled, is the joy of our salvation and the joy we can have with an unburied barrier between us and God. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. And this is something that you know, it's, it's, it's obviously sometimes a little more complicated than this, you know, because this usually is the hardest part right here. Yeah. Yeah. Although you do have a lot of people that don't believe. But repentance can be challenging for people. And I believe absolutely you got to make sure they fully repented before being baptized. Yeah. And that was, was awesome just to see, but it doesn't take a long time to repent. Yeah. And so I want to encourage us to, if you're studying, don't... Grab salvation. Amen? If you're, if you're teaching someone else, urge them, right? That, that it's a gift, amen, that we can have. Surrender your life unto Christ, amen? But I wanted to share this first because I think that's where joy begins. Joy begins from our salvation. And I really believe that this is something that we have to remind ourselves. You know, sometimes you got to look in the mirror and say, I'm saved. How often do you think about your own salvation? How often do you think about the fact that your name is written in the book of life? How often do you think about the fact that, 
that there was no barrier between you and God. You have, you have the same fellowship with the Holy of Holies. You know, you, 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 you're, there's only one priest that could enter the Holy of Holies one day. But we, we enter that every single day when we say, Father, we're ushered into that incredible, incredible um, presence of God. So the Philippians 1, we're going to look through. I'm not going to go through all of these, amen? I, I, I don't think I can. And I, I am going to kind of wrap up soon here because I would like to just give this to you and explain what it is so that you can go on this week, this month, however long it takes, and really study this out. Um, but one thing that hit me deeply was each chapter has something to say about Christ. And the joy of living in Christ. I thought about Philippians 1 as being something that just what we have in Christ and what we have in our relationship with God, that's where it begins. Then it talks about the joy of serving like Christ and speaking about how awesome serving the way Jesus did, thinking of others before ourselves, not grumbling and complaining, not being somebody who argues, but shining like the the stars in the universe. Um, It speaks about the fact that um, you know, that, that Jesus humbled himself and, and, and didn't thought of others better than himself, which is crazy to say. And I love how Jesus even said, Charlie was sharing, who made me the judge or arbitrator? And I thought to myself, you're Jesus. You are the judge. Like, if there was any judge, you'd be the guy to be the judge. You're the judge of all mankind, man, you know, and Yet how humble he was even to say, I can't even work out your inheritance. And maybe he didn't want to get involved. That was maybe something beyond him. <laughs> but I definitely think God is, he was a judge and yet he humbled himself as just a humble man and said, you know, I'm just going to serve here. I'm here to save, not to judge. And, um, and he went the lowest and was exalted the highest. And, and that's what moved me too. Is just that the humility of Christ is something to be imitated. You can never lower yourself, lower yourself as much as Jesus did. But we can try. And never think humbling yourself. The world says, hey, if you show weakness, if you humble yourself, they're going to see it and they're going to come after it. You know? But the most humble are the exalted the most. You might not get exalted right away, but, but you're about to be lifted up high when you bring yourself low. Amen? Um. And so there's so many things that, that hit me, but one of the things that hit me most was Philippians 1. And it just super inspires me, verse 21 through 24. And I just want to highlight one thing from each chapter that has impacted me. Amen? Amen. And you can kind of find your own inspiration through this sheet, hopefully. Verse 21 says, For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I go on living in the, uh, the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to, to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Amazing passage in this. I mean, this is really what Paul's saying. He's like, first of all, Paul's like knows every minute I live is fruitful labor. I'm like, wow. He's like already knowing. I'm going to be fruitful if I stay on this earth. Is that your conviction? 
You know, I know, you know what the truth is? It doesn't even need to be a conviction. If you're just plugged into Christ, you're going to be fruitful. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So you should say yes. Because it doesn't depend upon you. It depends upon your connection with Christ. Yeah. You are going to be, every minute you live, and that's the only reason, honestly, that's the only reason right now I want to be healthy. The only reason I exercise right now isn't because I, I'm done basketball, competitive. It can be kind of discouraging after, you know, someone shows you a picture of yourself. Dude, you were ripped back then. You're like, it's not encouraging. Dude, you were a stud back then. You're like, it's not encouraging. You know, you're like, dang, it's not encouraging. You know, why do I want to be healthy? Because I want to have more fruitful labor on this earth. Every minute, every year I stay here in the body means fruitful labor for God's church. Amen? Amen. But one of the things that impacted me was that Christ, it's far better to leave. I like my life. It's pretty awesome. You know, we're, we're, we all are blessed. Amen? Amen? We have awesome lives. We, we live uh, incredibly blessed lives. And yet it's so far better that Paul was like, Let's go. Christ, just say the word. I believe when Paul was being executed, there was a smile on his face. Obviously, I wasn't there. I don't know. But it sounds like he wanted to go. But God said, I have a little more work for you to do. Doesn't that fire you up? As we think about Katie, even, as she's even, you know, at this point, the closest to, you know, to the other side. It, it, it impacts me deeply to see someone like that because it reminds me that she's going to have it the best soon. And death is just the beginning. And that fires me up. That helps me transform from all my anxieties and problems. It makes them so low. And one of the other things that I thought about was that Paul looked at his body as just a tent, not as himself. I know this is kind of deep. But... His body, his personality, his soul was not the flesh that we see in the mirror every day. That who we are is, is something different. Our personality is within this tent. The seed of, of the immortal Glenn is inside of me and will be revealed when I meet Christ. And so wherever you're, you know, whenever that time does come where our body fades, God says, that's not who you are. There's a surprise within you that I'm about to reveal. That impacted me deeply. That helps me transform myself in my mind to another place. Amen. That was one thing that truly inspired me. Amen. Amen. Um, chapter two, uh, one thing that helped me was do not grumble or argue about anything the Bible says. I don't know about you, but that's challenging. Yeah. <laughs> Grumble or, or argue. Now, it's like, I just, I'll just grumble and, and I don't even know it. You know, there's traffic, move. <laughs> A lot of times grumbling is mumbling, you know, because as Christians, we don't say it so loudly. You know what I mean? What are you doing? You know, and the other day I was driving, I was trying to get somewhere and there was a, I was upset at this person in the, in the, in the, you know, who was driving ahead of me. He was going 15 miles an hour. And it was rough. It was almost, and he kept slowing down. And, 
And, you know, I was, I had to get to a basketball game. You know, I was a little bit, you know, needing to get there. And, then, you know, of course, I see the guy. I look over. You know, you look over. What are you doing? You know, you want to give him that look. You know what I'm saying? And literally the guy was like this. He was the oldest person I've ever seen. You know, he was just, he was just like this. He's like smiling. And I'm like, sorry. Sorry, sir. You know. You know, why do we grumble? Why do we argue? You know, that's one of the ways we shine the loudest. The, the, the brightest in the universe. It says we shine like stars in the universe. What does that even mean? That's incredible to think about. But we, our light is, transcends even where we are. It impacts other people. And if you've ever been a Christian who's shined your light, you know people talk about it and are moved. Ezra was one of those lights in the dorm. And because of that, Jared came to Christ. Jared right now is with Brandon down in the Atlanta uh, training time. He's going for a week and and some change to be trained how to be a minister. Amen? Uh, Now, I don't know if he'll be a staff person. He just wants to be trained. And that's going to be exciting by Tom Brown and Chris Zillman. So that's going to be pretty, pretty awesome. He's going to be encouraged, and uh, that, that's just so cool to see. But Ezra was someone in the dorm that said, you know, I don't, this guy was an atheist, and he said, I don't know anything about God, but I know someone who does. And he brought Jared to Ezra. It was pretty amazing, you know. I would love that, you know, if someone knocked on my door and said, hey, this guy said that you know about God. Can I talk to you? I mean, you know, pretty awesome, you know, to think about. And, uh, you know, Ezra would never take credit for that. Uh, but, uh, amen, you know, and he's going to be serving in uh, Thailand and Haiti this summer. Amen. So be praying for him, amen. amen. Uh, Philippians 3, one thing that really moved me was knowing Christ in verse 10 and 11. I, when I think about my relationship with God, I don't think about the way Paul did. Amen. Knowing Christ to me is like coffee and my Bible and my little journal. And I write in my little journal and I, I have maybe some spiritual songs in the background, you know, amazing grace, how sweet the sound, you know, and it's comfortable, right? That's not how Paul's relationship with Christ was. His relationship with Christ was dynamic. It was really dynamic. In verse 10, it says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection, participation in his sufferings, as, as, as Fred talked about. Yeah. Becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to obtain the resurrection from the dead. That's a little different from my relationship with God. I'm not like, you know, I'm like, wow, look at this great insight I learned in the scriptures. You know? The priests used to wear this little ephod thing. And all that is great. Knowing the background is important. But this was different. Paul was like, yeah, I know all that stuff. But what I really want to know is the power of his resurrection. I want to know the power of his resurrection in my life. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. Why can't I repent and change in my character? 
Why can't I be a powerful man in this life? Why can't I overcome anything? Because if Christ could raise from the dead with that same power, why, what can I not do? Wow, that's a little different from, you know, Max Lucata, you know, books. Although he's got great books. But, man, it, a relationship with God means a lot more than your quiet time. Knowing Christ means a lot more than just reading an excerpt from a book or, or a passage of scripture. Yeah. It means really wanting to know and strive to know mm-hmm. that power of resurrection and, and participation in sufferings. Is there any way you can know Christ without knowing what it is to suffer? Mm-hmm. No. You know, um, Paul, Peter said, rejoice that you bear that name, Christian, and you suffer for him. You know, he says, it's time for the judgment of God and it's beginning begin with the Christians. Yeah. You're like, whoa. You know? And at the same time, we know Christ so much. When I've suffered, when I've seen other people suffer, there's no doubt that they become more like Christ yeah. than anything else. Yeah. And so, hopefully you're not suffering right now, of course. No, I don't want anyone to suffer. It's not like we're trying to suffer, you know? But when it comes, embrace it. Because you'll know Christ more through the suffering. That's what Paul was able to do. And maybe Paul was more like Jesus, not because of how great he was or how eloquent he was or how talented he was. Actually, when I read my Bible, he suffered the most. And so we want to be like Paul. And we want a relationship with Christ like Paul had. And we have to go the same path he went down. And embrace the suffering. Amen. Amen. And then he says, becoming like him in his death. Suffering, but also sacrificing for others. What does his death mean? Salvation for others. You know, um, it was convicting. I had a really kind of rough cold this week. And uh, Denise texted me, hey, so, you know, could you study, the, you know, we're having a study with Katie. And I was like, my first inclination was like, I'm sick. You know? And I was. I was a little dizzy. You know how you're like, hey, hey. You know, you're a little, you're a little woozy and dizzy. And, and then I heard, you know, what was going on with Kate. And I was like, okay. Get some tissues. Get some medication. And get your little bum over there. You know? And guess what? I wasn't sick at all when I was there. Amen. You know, seeing her. And it was powerful. You know, chapter 4, of course, there's a lot in chapter 4. But I just put this last thing here, calm. Amen? Yeah. This is what I got from a book that I really want to impress upon you. It was actually a Max Lucata book. As I was sitting down with my little journal and everything like that. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. But that I, I got this acronym. And, and of course, one thing that helps me is that I'm not in Eden anymore. Toto, you know what I mean? And just to know the fact that, you know, Eden's not here. Stop searching for Eden. You're not going to get it. You're never going to have your ducks in a row. Nothing's going to be perfect. Eden is coming, but you're never going to get there. Stop trying to get your joy with if onlys. And once I get the salary that I want, and once I get this, guess what? It's never going to happen. We can blame Adam and Eve for that. And, of course, ourselves, because we, we, we allow sin to continue on. I always thought to myself, what if Adam was like, nah, 
I'm not doing that, woman. Go away from me. What would happen? That would be a great question. Adam didn't do that, though. He said, hmm, fruit, let me see. But calm. So the first thing is verse 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Another way to say that is celebrate God's goodness. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in Him. Get our eyes on Him. When we get our eyes on Him, when we start praising Him, we see something incredible and our problems become smaller. Amen? Our anxiety even becomes smaller. But then it says, ask God for help. Prayers and petitions in the same scripture. With thanksgiving. I always forget the with thanksgiving thing. I'm like, Lord, blah, 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 Lord, please do this, please do this. And I'm like, wait, wait, what about thankfulness? Let me get that in there. And this one I really love. Leave your concerns with God. And present your request to God and be at peace. The peace of God will transcend understanding. And the great analogy that Max said is, you know, if you, if you needed something repairing, I, I needed my snowblower repaired. And you know, in Maine, if you don't have your snowblower working, you'll be in trouble. If you have a big driveway, you're going to have to do it. Now, before I knew Tim, Tim fixed my snowblower one time. He was the beast. He took the pin, worked it, you know. But one time, the oil wasn't working, so I brought it to the Toro place or whatever, you know, the, the, you know, the, one of the you know, engine places, and I left it with them. You know what I mean? And obviously, it was hard to bring it there. It's like heavy, you know? It's like my burdens, like your anxiety. Sometimes you can feel like you can be a snowblower. You know what I mean? But you get it there. And once I got it there, I was like, ah, I don't have to worry about it anymore. And they're like, yep, yeah, we got this. No problem. We know exactly what we're going to do. We'll see you in a week. Great. Can you do it a little quicker? There's snow coming, you know? And, and I felt that sense of peace with this repair guy. How about our Jesus? When we leave our anxieties to God, we've got to leave them with God and say, he's got them. You know, do we work through our prayer to get there? Because I'd say you shouldn't say in Jesus' name, amen, until you feel like you've left it with God. What if we left our anxieties with God? Just as, as, as Fred said, he can take it. And then meditate on good things. We spent a whole... Uh, Sunday talking about verse 8 and so these are some things that I hope that you can that can encourage you you know this calm acronym really is helping me in my prayer life it's helping me to be more at peace it's helping me it's something that Danielle helped me to learn about and she read the book anxious for nothing she's like why don't you get why don't you read this Glenn what do you think I'm anxious yes I do Uh, everyone's anxious amen in different ways But um, I hope that Philippians has been an awesome series for you. I hope you feel encouraged. And ultimately, I hope that God fills up your life with abundant joy that can never be stolen. In the words of Julian, right? La France now. When she made that song, you know, I'm not going to let no devil, you can't have it, right? You can't steal my joy. And I believe that if we understand the lessons of Philippians we will be able to say that each and every day of our lives. Amen. Amen.